I said. And for those of you who are in the back, it was eloquent and wonderful. I mean, but you just, you just missed out on it. Tell you a couple of things I thought about before I jump into what we have for. First, I thought, man, with John, uh, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I am not a BSer. Anyone that knows me, I say, gosh, why don't you learn how to shoot it straight sometime, Carl? I saw strong. I saw faithful. I saw humble. I saw tender. I saw that when he was a kid, and I am still seeing it when he's a 27-year pastor kind of thing, and I just go, y'all got a good one, so you hang on to him. Yeah, you do the right thing. Second thing, this will sound probably really off the wall, but the picture behind when your worship team was going, I grew up in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, and Stillwater, Oklahoma. And my dad loved fishing streams, and I can't tell you how many times we'd be driving and he'd have poles. If it was hunting season, we'd pull out the shotguns for pheasants. If it was uh, oh, fishing, it seemed like any time. We probably didn't even always have licenses back there sometime. But we'd see a stream like that. That was a little bigger than the streams or stuff like that. I guarantee you, man, we would have been out working for, working for trout. So when I saw that, that's what I thought of when I thought it just ran through my brain. Third thing. You can tell these are random. I would live in a tent in my backyard if that's what it took to get my kids in Awana. When I heard them talking about Awana, man, that is a wonderful, wonderful program. And uh, Oh, it is. And if you're going, to, I'm not sure about that or whatever, I'd, I'd live in a tent in my backyard if that's what I had to do to get there. That was such a benefit. Man, my... My kid, by, by the time he was in sixth grade, probably knew more scripture than I did. Or, you know, at least he knew a lot of key ones. They did, but they made it fun. I mean, they just gave him a way to make it work. And then the last thing I thought of, just as random, first when I saw D play in 12-string, I played 12-string for so many years, you know, so when I saw her on 12-string, I go, very cool. And then when I heard Lori on the first song and the third song go, I go, oh, I love it, man. I didn't know you played drums, Laurie. So I thought that's fantastic. So at any rate, I just have random things going through my brain while I'm sitting there, and you're going to have to endure it, I guess. So here's what I would like to do with the morning. Now, I'm making a guess because there's more people here this morning than I saw last night that I don't have entirely the same group. I want to... We've, I, I, John, this is not to blame him. I switched on him. He, we had talked before about here's an order of things we're going to do. And for whatever the reason, I felt like I was supposed to switch, not the, the order, not necessarily the talks, but at any rate. So I, I'm doing something different than what your little flyer is going to say because I just felt like I was supposed to. Just felt like a flow to it. But... Uh, I hope and pray to God it's him and not the food I ate last night. But, <laughs> but um, at any rate, what I'm going to be able to do is share a message, I think, that is so relevant. And I hope, whether you're Christian or non-Christian, but particularly if you're Christian, I hope you go, you know what, that is relevant. But I also would be able to weave in a little bit of material that we talked about last night. That won't be the focus. Last night it was a focus. We'll just weave it in, so if you're wondering, what were some of the things he talked about with that spiritual warfare? I'm not having to force it to make it work. It'll just flow with it. So I thought, okay, I think that can be a winner. Now, one last apology. My wife always says, don't be apologetic, just go up and say it. But the poor group up there, when I walked up and said, listen, I've switched topics, and I would sure love to have some of these verses behind me. Because there's enough verses that unless y'all got Bibles and you can turn really fast, it's just going to be addresses. Uh, and then you're going, I pray to God he shoots straight, and that's what they really say. Because, you know, we're supposed to be Bereans and, and see, and, and I can't turn that fast. But um, what they said to me, what Matt said was, we can have the verses ready for the two talks tonight. But this is just too much, too late. And I said, that's what I figured, you know. So I'm just saying I am sorry that if some of these verses, if you want them, 
Uh, I'll summarize most of them, but if you want to put them down and then just go, does the Bible really say that? Or is he one of those guys that, you know, can talk fast and play games with Scripture? You, you don't want that. So double check. And in 1711 in, in the book of Acts, I figure if Paul could tell the people there, you know, the Bereans, you check and see if what I'm saying is really so. Any pastor, preacher, teacher that... You say, I'd like to check the scripture to see if that's what it says. And if they go, well, I go, well, if your righteousness exceeds Paul, I go, I guess I'll let you say, well. But for me and my house, I hope you'll check to make sure it's straight up. Because there are people, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses about 13 and 14, that love to deceive and trick. And that isn't coming outside the church, that comes inside the church. And it means you've got to be alert, you've got to be on the ball. Right? So, anyway, so here's what I want to talk about for the morning. Here was a little switcheroo that I did. I started thinking about attitude. Because when we're talking about world, flesh, and devil, and that's really what we're focusing on in warfare, and uh, it's not just all about the world, it's not just all about the flesh, and it's certainly not just all about the devil, but there's something that underlines all of it. And something that underlines all of that is attitude. How come I can get two people and I can say, I got Tigger sitting here and I got Eeyore sitting here and exactly the same thing happens and for Eeyore it's like, okay, I'm going to lose again because everybody's against me. And, I got, and Tigger's going, man, this is what Tiggers do best, Jack. I'll get through this. I go, it's the same situation. But Tigger's going, let's take a run at it. And Eeyore has given up before he even starts. And I thought, I've been in churches now for close to 50 years. Goes but wild, huh? And I go, I've been inside. I go, there's Eeyore and there's Tigger. And I go, they both say they love Jesus, but as soon as they walk up to talk to me, this one's going to be about everything that's wrong. And this one's going to be about, man, their challenges, but God's bigger. And I just thought, it's not the circumstance. It's the attitude. And I thought, are attitudes relevant when we're talking about the world? Yep. The flesh? Yep. The demonic? Yep. And for this, I'm going to add one more. Circumstances. Because I got news. Every single person in this room faces circumstances. Some you like and some you don't. And anyone who is convinced that they always get all the good stuff and I always get all the bad stuff, grow up. Grow up. That's just not true. It's just not true. So, here, I, I, I will read a little bit. It keeps me more on script. I don't like to read, but when I've got a lot of stuff to roll through, if I don't, as they found out last night, I can take off on tangents. Sometimes I'm in the middle of a tangent, and I don't even remember why I took off on the tangent, which is humiliating, you know. So you, I can say when I was 30, I didn't do that nearly as, nearly as much. But anyway, here's what I wrote. Victor or victim. Your mind, your attitude, and your actions are inseparably linked. First verse I thought about was 1 John 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18 says that, I'm going to paraphrase, fear is a horrible motivator for Christians. Perfect love casts out fear. So why as a believer do I walk around sometimes just always looking over my shoulder? I just go, I can do it, but it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. And ultimately it's saying, Jesus, you're a liar. You've promised to watch out for me, but I don't know what kind of a job you're going to do. So I'm going to take all of this in on myself. And my worry, my fear, my anxiety, I'll justify it somehow. And I'm going, that's no, a bad motivator for a, for a Christian. I know how the book ends. I thought about Proverbs 25, 29. What's it say? It's one of them at Awana you will memorize. Are we to fear man or God? Yeah, Solomon is saying, why are you fearing man? It sounds a little bit like Jesus. You know, Luke 12, you know, 3 and 4, about, about why do you fear the one that can only take your life if you want to fear someone, fear the one that can take your life and your soul. Or you might say, who's relevant for time 
and eternity. It's like, why, why, why do you waste your time on the one that can only touch time when you can know the one who, who can trump both time and eternity? So anyway, I, th I thought about, you know, maybe a little bit relevant with what we're talking about. I, I've been in churches where people say, we're in the war, this whole spiritual warfare, we get it, like to dive deeper. I've had sometimes people go, I don't know what I think about it. I've had other people say, I'm afraid of it, man. If I, you know, if you read about it, they'll get you. Really? Yeah, I had a pastor tell me that at Fourth Memorial when I first started working with this. Pulled me aside. It wasn't a pastor. It was a director. But uh, pulled me aside and said, I know you're starting to talk about spiritual warfare. And I said, yeah. And said, don't you know that anybody that does that, they'll get you. And I said, really? And they said, yeah, that's how it works. And I said, well, I thank you for your concern because I know you're sharing that with me out of love. But what you're telling me is that a loser has more ability to hurt me than the creator has ability to protect me. And that's a lie. That's a lie. And I am not going to be motivated by fear buying a lie. Maybe I have, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm refusing to do that. So I thought attitude, important. The Bible indicates that as a Christian, I am a victor because of Christ. I thought of Romans 8, 37. Think about that. 35, what's the question? Who can separate us from God's love in Christ? 35, 36, physical things can't. Death can't. Goes through a whole litany of things, but it's all physical. Can't. Then he picks up and he goes, angels can't. So now he jumps into the supernatural realm. Angels can't. Demons can't. Things behind, things in front, things above, things below. 39, there's nothing in all of creation that can separate you from God's love in Christ. What's his question, 35? Who can separate us from God's love in Christ? What's his answer? There's nothing in all of creation. So if I'm living my Christian life with this, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not, and you know what? There's a lot of people live there. And shame on the ones that led him to Christ. Because apparently they did not help them understand the basis of your salvation is not your work for Christ, it's the work Christ accomplished on your behalf on a cross. You can be a diso... I got a son named Jonathan. He's a fine young man. Loves the Lord. When he does something very well, I say, you're a fine young man. You love the Lord. I'm glad you're my son. When he does something absolutely stupid, I'll say, you're still my son and I love you dearly, but not so proud of that one, you know. Whether he does it well or not, is, is he still my son? He's just a disobedient son or an obedient son. And it doesn't change the fact Dad still loves him. And there are too many Christians assuming, man, I don't know, Jesus, is he really strong enough to hang on to me or not? I hope so. That's a slap in the face of the one who loved you enough to die for you. So I think to myself, I am victor. I am not victim. I thought of 2 Corinthians 2.14. Remember Paul? Thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph and manifests through us the Knowledge of him, the sweet aroma of him, in every single place. That's what he says. His attitude is what? I thought, thankful. I thought, what led up to that? He says, well, I was supposed to speak in Troas. Titus didn't show up. I don't know why. Uh, because he didn't show up, I wasn't able to speak there. I had to move on. But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph and manifests through us a sweet aroma the knowledge of him in every place. And I just thought, man, you're a better man than me. If I'm prepped and ready to go and God told me, he says, the Lord had opened the door. That's what he says. Read, read the verses. He says, the Lord opened the door. Titus didn't show he had to go. I might have been going, where is that jerk? I mean, these young people these days, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, the first words out of his mouth, thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph. And I thought, even though this didn't go the way you wanted, you don't see yourself as victim. I guess God had a different plan. And since God is perfect, I guess his plans are going to be better. Now, he may have still said, Titus, what happened? I don't know. I still don't know what, what, what caused the, the delay. But I do know that his attitude was not, I'm Eeyore. Everything's fouled up. Can't even depend on your own disciples that you're working with. Yeah, I, I just go, we've got to lose that. Why? Because I am victor in Christ. Not because of me, but because of Christ. I don't trust me. 
I've, I've, I've proven too many times, as I became a Christian, June 17, 1970, I have never seen God turn his back on me. I've done some stupid things now and then through all those years, but I've watched one that he was always there. If there was a wedge in our relationship, it wasn't because he was the one that had run. How about that? And then the arms like the father of that prodigal, come on back, son. Come on back. He loves me. If he loved me enough to die me, isn't Romans 8.32? He who did not withhold or spare his own son for you, why would he withhold any good thing from you? I think people that choose to live like victims assume God withholds things from them. And I think it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you need to grow. You need to grow. Anyway, the Bible indicates I'm victor, not victim. Contrast this with, now I'm going to dig here just a little bit. Some of you may appreciate this. Some of you may not, but I'm going to dig. Contrast this with pop psychology, pseudo-scholarship, cultural wokeism, political correctness, academic indoctrination, medical manipulation, media regurgitation, repetitive insisting, I am a victim of culture circumstances. I have no hope apart from redistribution, revolution, and psychotropic drugs. <laughs> You're a drug addict. It's a disease. It's not your fault. You're a victim. You're an alcoholic. It's a disease. It's not your fault. You're a victim. You're a sexual addict. It's a disease. It's not your fault. You're a victim. You're addicted to pornography. It's not your fault. It's a disease. You're a victim. You're a gambling addict. It's a disease. It's not your fault. You're a victim. You have an eating disorder. It's a disease. It's not your fault. You're a victim. You have antisocial behavior. It's not your fault. It's a disease. You're a victim. You smash and grab. It's not your fault. You're a victim. You're an angry, violent person. Not your fault. You're a victim. You refuse to forgive others. Not your fault. You're a victim. You sexually and physically abuse children. Not your fault. You're a victim. You live in a tent on the street. Not your fault. You're a victim. You're a habitual liar and deceive people. Not your fault. You're a victim. You're a self-severed, covert narcissist. Not your fault. You're a victim. You steal cars and break into homes. Not your fault. You're a victim. You're a mall, school, or church mass murderer. Man, it's not your fault. You're just a victim. You spend money you don't have. Not your fault. You're a victim. Folks, I hear that. That is not, I could have done that 20 years ago and say that's hypothetical nonsense. I hear that. You can't watch, I mean, my TV watching is essentially sports. Sorry, I love it still. News. Just depends on which station you know, I'm watching. And my wife loves some of the Hallmark movies. So even though that's not really my style, I have learned to enjoy those because I like hearing my wife laugh, you know? So I can do that. But I'm not a, but I'll tell you the commercials, I listen, call 877-555. Sure, you know, you're a, fill it in. But that's not your fault, you're just a victim. And I just sit there and go, and you keep creating victims every time you tell them that. There's not a thing you can do. Culture is stronger than you. Culture is stronger than Jesus. Your appetites are stronger than Jesus. So just see yourself as Eeyore. I refuse. And I think Christians should refuse. Phone calls. I get lots of them. Emails. I get lots of them. Carl, I can't read my Bible. They won't let me. Carl, I can't pray. Just can't do it. Carl, when I try to read the Bible, I just can't do it. I just have to close it. Um, just, Carl, I want to go outside. I have to stay in the house. Carl, I can't look anybody in the eye. Because if I did, they would know who I really am. And I don't want to look like a hypocrite. I say, why don't you quit say I can't and say I won't? Because there is a difference. Because if you keep saying, I can't, then what you're telling me is the one who said he loves you, who'd never leave you or forsake you, he's a liar. And I don't believe that. And I don't think, as a non-Christian, I get it. Man, I'm going to live fast, die young, and make a good-looking corpse, Jack. That's me. You know, but, but as a, as, as a non-Christian, okay, you think you're swimming out there by yourself. Maybe it'll drive you to Jesus sooner or later. Because sooner or later, you're going to be at a deep end you can't talk yourself out of, you can't get yourself out of. That, that's not if, that's just when.
But as a Christian, I should know better. I should know better. But God has a divine design for consistent victory over the world, the flesh, the devil, and my circumstances. Now here's where I want to tie a little bit in from last night, and then we'll, we'll draw some conclusions. I put the world. It solicits me to do as I choose. That's true. I can't stop it. That's a lie. It's real. Yep. How does it work? I'd like to put some of you on the spot from last night, but you may say that's not fair. But if we, if we took 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, one of the things we talked about last night was there is a world, and I'm going to leave a bunch out, but there's, there's a world which cosmos in that context was an organized system in rebellion against God. And it says, sell out eternal treasure for temporary trash. Because the trash is better. It's more glitzy. Verse 17 says, you remember something. The temporary trash from this world is going to fade away. But the things of God, the eternal treasure, will abide forever. So if someone says, man, the world solicits me. Yeah, that's right. I can't stop it. No, that, that's, that's, that's a lie. You can sell out to it if you want to. You got a good, I don't know what you drive. You got a Benz, and it's beautiful. I got a faith mobile. I just pray to God it gets from A to B, you know, kind of thing. I go, I'm going to go rob a bank so I can have one of those Benzes or, you know, whatever. I go, you can do it. But don't say I have to do it. I can evaluate that and say, is really destroying my character worth what I drive? I go, if you can, I had players that would, they could afford a lot of toys. Some of them would walk up to me and say, Pastor, is it wrong for me to have whatever it was? I'll give you one real example, and I'm going to have to keep flying or I won't get through this. But he was looking at a watch. I mean, to say players are millionaires, most of them are. Owners are billionaires, most of them are. I mean, that's a lot of money. So I was around a lot of people with a lot of money on one end and around a lot of people that didn't have a lot of money and, and you know, my normal work. But I had one of the players walk up and he said, man, there is this watch that I want to buy. It is gorgeous. I said, yeah. But he said, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars and I'm afraid that'll be frivolous. I said, why are you buying it? I said, if you're buying it to show off, that's a stupid decision, a waste of money. I said, if you're buying it because you want it, you can afford it. I had been to Costco and I had a little Seiko watch that I wore for 10 years. It cost me 100 bucks. I was making $15,000 a year when that guy knew me. They thought they were doing me a favor to have me rolling in money, you know? So, so 100 bucks was a lot of money for a watch. I thought, eh, that amateurized out to what, 10 bucks a year? I said, if you took your salary and what you make, and you take my salary and what I make, you spending a thousand bucks on a watch is probably a smaller percentage than me spending a hundred bucks on a watch. Do you think I was wrong for spending a hundred bucks on a watch I wore for 10 years? He said, no, that's a good buy. He said, if you can afford it, buy it. But if you're gonna go rob a bank to do it, don't. Or if you're gonna do it because it's some kind of status, some kind of whatever, it's not worth it. You can never keep up with people's opinions. It changes faster in the Seattle weather. I mean, what they like today, they don't like the next day. So don't even start the game. Use the book to be the basis for what you do. Does the world attack me? Yes, I'm helpless to it. Why? How about flesh? The flesh solicits me to do as I choose. Is that true? Yeah. I can't stop it. That's a lie. Is it real? Yeah. How does it work? Galatians 5.17 says, uh, 16 says, when you walk controlled by the Spirit, you will not carry out the strong desires of the flesh. So is it possible for a believer to walk in a way that I am not controlled by whatever? Well, it's just natural and I had to do it. Yeah. So when I say it was natural, I had to do it, I go, that's an excuse. How do you know that? Because the Spirit of God inspired Paul writing, saying when you walk controlled by the Spirit, so what's the key? I say, well, I'm a walking controlled by the Spirit or am I trying to fake this Christian life on my own? The one, you can have not perfect victory. There was one who was sinlessly perfect. If I got some perfectionist in here and you think I'm not walking with God till I'm sinlessly perfect, you have set yourself up to fail. 
There's only one who is sinlessly perfect. But there's a difference between falling in a hole and going, how did that happen, and taking a shovel and digging a hole and jumping in it. <laughs> and I go, oh, man, I'm in a hole. I go, no, and you dug the hole. I mean, I may not be sinlessly perfect, but, well, you know, I just sin once in a while so I can relate with people because I wouldn't want them to think I'm too spiritual. <laughs> you are an arrogant, ignorant horse's rear end, if you really believe that's biblically true. <laughs> You'll fall on your face enough times without planning it. But the notion that's just the flesh, I just can't handle it. I had to do it. I go, no, that's an excuse. The spirit wars against the flesh. The flesh wars against the spirit. We talked about that last night? Is it talking to believers? Yes, it is. They're in opposition to one another that you may not do the things you choose. Ah, oh, then what am I supposed to do? When you're controlled by the flesh, 19 through 21, you're going to see... All kinds of stuff, fighting factions, drunkenness, immorality, sensuality. Those are different words, by the way. The immorality, that's physical involvement outside of marriage, sexual. Sensuality, that's the porn, that's the mental stuff. I've had people say, oh, no one really cares about the porn stuff. God doesn't. I say, well, contraire. That's a lie. Well, it's just natural. So go smoke poison ivy. I mean, I, you know, I feel... Yeah, that's natural too, I guess, you know, but there's some stuff just not worth, just not. Now, what am I saying? The world attacks me. That's true. So I'm a victim. That's a lie. God's given me a biblical way to deal with it. I evaluate the solicitation. I say, I'm not selling out cheap. The flesh, yeah, it's real. You, you walk controlled by the flesh, you are going to be producing 19 through 21. You walk controlled by the Spirit, you are going to be using 22 and 23. You know, this stuff that gets macrame, and it's usually, you know, you know, love and joy and peace and patience. I go, it's no secret. If the Spirit of God controls you, you're going to see good stuff. If the Spirit of God does not control you, you're going to see ugly stuff. It isn't like, what a shock. Well, I'm a victim. I can't do anything about that. Yes, you can. Learn how to walk controlled by the Spirit. How about the demonic? Demons, they solicit me to do as I choose. That's true. Don't follow God. He's a loser. Follow us. I can't stop it. That's a lie. Well, it's real. Yeah. How does it work? We said last night, Ephesians 6.16 says, talking to believers, I've given you a shield of faith because you're going to get shot at with arrows that burn. He does not say that's theoretical. Remember verse 12? Our, our biggest battle is not against flesh and blood, against principles. They shoot at you. They hurt. Well, what did I do wrong that they shot at me? Did they shoot at Jesus? Hey, Jesus, bow down and worship me. Now, you worship God, him only. You get lost. Was he attacked? Yeah. Did he say, oh, this isn't really happening? No. He just said, I'm not playing the game. I'm not going to entertain and play the game. I hear the solicitation, but you worship God and him only, you take a walk. I have had genuine, remember, I've, I do quite a little bit of speaking on this, not only across this country, but sometimes even outside this country. And I still have people say, and they, I know they mean it, like I love God so much. They go, I walk so close to God, demons wouldn't bother me. They would just know it's a waste of time. And I'm supposed to say, man, do I appreciate and respect your walk with God. That's not exactly the thought I have. <laughs> the thought I have is that they're willing to take on Jesus. Why in the world do you think they're afraid of you? Does your righteousness exceed Jesus? You know another thought? Think about this one. When they took a shot at Jesus, did they? Yeah, three different times. But it was really more because they said then they left to come back for more opportune times. That certainly wasn't the only time he was under attack from an enemy. But I think to myself, you know, again, the perfectionist, see, I'm a perfectionist. I had to learn, maybe I'm still learning, but I had to learn early how to work with that. My, you know, when he said, Gary, I don't mean this as snotty, you'd say, poor you. On the doctoral, I don't know what it was like by the time John went through, but our project had to be 125 pages minimum, and you had to have readers. My readers were Earl Rodmacher and Gary Brashear, so I had a couple of, I knew they'd be tough. I gave them 770-some pages for the project. 
Gary Bashirs walks up to me and he goes, man, at least cut this thing in half. I've got to read this whole thing. I don't even want to read all this stuff. Now, I did not purposely think I am trying to impress anybody. That is not where I was coming. Just I'd write this, and then that would trigger me to this, and then I'd think about this. And by the time when he says, cut this whole thing in half, make two books out of it, I don't want to read all this stuff. But it's like it was sports. I, I, I ran it this fast. I could run it this fast. You know, I was a little pitcher, you know. I can throw this. Why don't I throw that? See, I'm always thinking, you got an A? You should have got A+. Plus. You got a B? Why didn't you get an A? You got a C? Well, then easily you could have done better than that. You got an A+, plus, well, then why didn't you do more credit? You know, you could have done even better. And it really wasn't trying to compare with other people. It was just this thing. And I've said in athletics, it can drive you to excel. In your Christian walk, it will drive you to despair. Because you're going to be foolish enough to say this. I was shot at, just like Paul said. I responded well, just like Jesus. I followed his example. I'm not getting sucked into this. I'm not, I'm not having a Bible bowl with a demon. You worship God and him and get lost. And then the thought will go, but if I was walking closer with Jesus, that demon would have known that I wasn't interested before it even tried to solicit me. What was I doing that had him thinking that I would entertain what he said? Did you respond well? Yes. What are you doing? I'm still finding a reason to beat myself up. I already said it. If they'll solicit Jesus, they'll solicit you. They'll solicit you. Now, I'm hopeless. No, I'm not. James 4, 7. Resist the devil, he will what? If you were here last night. That's what he says. 1 Peter chapter 5. Six, seven, eight, and nine. Resist the devil firmly in your faith, and he will what? Flee from you. Does it say we aren't attacked? No. Does it say that we are on our own on a branch? No. So when I choose to play the victim, that is a choice. And that's a bad choice. How come you don't tell people about the joy of Jesus? Because, man, for me, I am hanging on to the end of the rope and saying, Jesus, please come back quickly. I'm not going to tell someone about joy when, for me, I'm just hanging on. I go, well, I'm glad you're hanging on. But what is it about the circumstances you're looking at that say, all I can do is hang on? See, that drives me to my fourth idea, the circumstances. Circumstances, they test my biblical resolve. That's true. I can't make it. They're too strong. That's a lie. Is it real? Yeah. How does it work? I know God frowns on divorce, but man, you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my kids. I mean, I don't know drug addiction, alcoholism, but you don't know my boss. No, I don't. But I know my God. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that's another Awana verse. You'll get that one if you go to Awana. What's 1 Corinthians 10.13 say? How many things are you going through as the first and only and God is gone? Oh, Gabriel, man, you got to give John an apology. I mean, I've never had anybody have to go through that before. Man, I hit that poor joker. Send Gabriel with a note and say, I'm sorry. There's nothing that you are going through such as what? Common demand. And Carl is faithful, who will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able. Now, if that's what it says, we'd all be in trouble in here. And you need to know I'm being sarcastic. If you don't know, that's not what the verse says. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able. But with the testing, will provide you a way, and I always say an honorable way, because God's perfect, he wouldn't give you an unrighteous way, an honorable way of escape. Now, either that's true or that's not true. I may have a mate that drives me up the wall. I may have kids that go, I can't believe there's any genetic connection between you and me, man. Cause we just, I may have a boss that is so unfair. I, I, I mean, I don't know what the circumstances are. But what I do know is I have a Savior that said, you're not going through something somebody else hasn't. They made it. Remember Peter? 1 Peter chapter 5. 
You're under testing and suffering, just like, but after you go through it, just like the brothers before you have, you're not the first. You're not the last. Man, we got way too much month for the money we have left. Anybody live there? I'm going to pay this one this month because I don't have enough to pay both of them, so I'll make a call. You don't have to raise your hand. Oh, man, why doesn't my wife, why doesn't my husband, God, why do you hold out on me? I go, you're the only one. Okay, you're justified, Eeyore. But you're calling God a liar in the process. God is faithful. Doesn't say you won't bleed. Doesn't say it won't be hard sometimes. But it does say my circumstances are not bigger than my God. So when I say this is just too hard, I can't. You know, I can't. Just like the world's too strong, I can't. Just like the flesh, too strong, I can't. Just like demons, I can't. I gotta say I won't. Why? Because God has given me an adequate response to win against the world, the flesh, the devil, and my circumstances. Remember James 1? To the twelve tribes scattered abroad, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? No, no, no. Trials? Man, I have heard Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, um, Bill Johnson, Mike Beckel, start going through, you know, if you are going through trials, it's because there's sin in your life. If you lose your job, what's the secret sin in your life? So it's divine payback from a God that's mad at me, or it's hidden sin. If you're sick, I remember one of the brothers, I won't tell you which one it was, his last name's Price, says, <laughs> we don't even use the word sin in this house. See, when I came to Christ, I was healed. And Isaiah 53 says, in his stripes I'm healed, so I am going to be healthy, wealthy, wise, etc. So we don't even talk about that. Tell Betty got cancer. When Betty got cancer, guess who went to the hospital and started getting treatment? Now, I didn't say it because it would be mean and cruel. I've had cancer. I didn't don't need people to be mean and cruel. But I want to feel like, what happened to that thing about I walk so close with God, we don't even talk about sin. Sin is just something you bring upon yourself through your disobedience. Tell Epaphras that. Tell Timothy that. Read 1 Corinthians 4, what he says about the life of the apostles. Read 2 Corinthians 4. That's why it's easy to remember. They're both fours and they're both Corinthians, just first and second. You're treated like kings, we're treated like scum. To this very day. Read 2 Corinthians 11. You know, you know, five times beaten with rods, swimming out in the ocean. That was not a, by choice. <laughs> you know, stoned and left for dead. Well, if you walk with God, nothing bad can ever touch you. Tell the apostles. And if you want to get real frank, tell Jesus. He was perfect, and he got crucified. So this whole nonsense, it's nonsense. I have no way of being able to respond because I'm a victim. I say that is absolute baloney. I choose to view myself in Christ. I am victor in Christ because of Christ. Or I choose to view myself as a victim because I'm swimming alone, and he said he'd love me and watch out for me, but he doesn't do it. If you're comfortable living there, then you can live there. But I would suggest, don't blame it on Jesus. And probably with me, I, I, my wife says, you know, you've got to be, they used to, my, my staff at Fourth, it was funny, they, they told me that I was a brick wrapped in velvet. And I said, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, you know, you can be kind of nice and soft, but man, they start stepping on Bible, Jack, they're going to get hit with a rock, you know, and I go... Well, see, I see a difference. I mean, I'll, I'm willing to put up with a lot for me, but you start lying about Jesus and what the Bible says, man, you, those, them's fighting words. No, he loved me enough to die for me, so why should I let you play games with that? Yeah, well, just, you know, with your upbringing and with, okay. If you had a rough upbringing, Jesus can't take care of you. If you had a great upbringing, it proves that Jesus loved you. I would suggest if Jesus died for me, I have value. I have a chance to learn 
and overcome some things that some people don't. You know what I found out working with people with a lot of money? There may be some of you in here, man, I learned a long time ago. When I, 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 uh, I was a grain checker trying to make money to go through school and I worked with some of the most wealthy farmers in the San Joaquin Valley in all of California. And at that time it wasn't a bankrupt, busted state. That time was really the golden state. I would watch some of the guys that owned half the valley drive up in their old Jeeps and their old trucks, and they'd have bib overalls on, and their kids, I mean, I'm not, go buy me in Corvettes. And I go, isn't it funny that the kids go buy me in Corvettes while the dad still drives the old beater, you know? In other words, you can be a lot of different places, you know, and have this or that, but when the whole notion is, man, if God is taking care of me, then financially I am promised, I go, where? How about you use faithfully what you've been given? And someone at church say, how come I don't make as much money as so-and-so? I say, maybe God's smart enough not to trust something to you that you're going to screw up. <laughs> See, my guess would be if he can trust you with something, like any good parent, you say, would I like to extend things to my kids when I see good things happen? Sure I do. What kind of a parent is stupid enough to say every decision you make is wrong, but man, I'm just going to keep extending privilege to you? That's a dumb parent. That's just setting people up for failure. Why would my heavenly father, if he's perfect, not be willing to say, I got my hands on you. I'll keep an eye on you. But don't compare yourself with someone else. Just use faithfully what I've given you. Different attitude than Eeyore. I didn't see when I started. Let me hit some bottom lines. I got like five more minutes, ten more minutes. I don't know what I got or I don't have. Or am I way over already? Ten minutes. Okay. Then you can tell me what happens with the Seahawks. Okay. I, this is a sacrifice for me, I want you to know. So, see, that's fun. I'll give you a couple of things I wrote. I put bottom lines. I am a victor, not a victim because of Jesus, not myself, says Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. In Christ you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Philippians 4, 13. I can do how many things through Christ who strengthens me? Some. A few. Just don't give God a real tough one. I mean, you know, he didn't, you know, Colossians 2, 9. You know, in him, in Christ, is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ was God in the flesh. And then nine, in him, you are now complete. So when someone says to me, oh man, Carl, it is so good to see what God can do with you as a half a glass of water. I say, that was a real comment. I don't have to make it up. I say, what do you mean by that? Well, you don't have the spiritual gifts I have. And if you would just trust God for the spiritual gifts I have, you could be a full glass of water, and then God could really use you. Jesus isn't enough. Really? How come Ephesians says that I have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness in Christ? Colossians says I am complete in Christ, and now you're telling me with your sage wisdom, unless I have your gifts of choice, somehow God holds out on me. Should I believe Jesus and the New Testament or you? Man, this is a tough one, but you know, I think I'm going to go with Jesus. I was snotty with him. This was in, this was in Spokane. So some of you, maybe I'll, I'll leave the names alone. Some of you may. But when the pastor walked up and shared that, it was because we were working with the Graham people in 1982, and uh, we were in charge of the stuff that happened with the youth. A lot of people didn't know it because I didn't talk about it, but there were two of us that were put in charge. Anything with that crusade that went on with the youth ran through me and one other guy. And the church said, well, let's get somebody from a big aggressive church that's not charismatic. That would be Carl. And then let's get somebody from a big aggressive church that is charismatic. That would be Bert Farkelson. And if we've got the two of them, then maybe we'll get more and more churches that will join us. And so, you know, that's how it works. So it was Bert one day that shared that blessing with me about, man, it's amazing to see what God. So you know what I did? I shouldn't have done this, but I did. And you should have seen how nervous the two Graham guys were because they're going, man, we can't have the guys that are the organizers of this part of this thing fighting. I wasn't fighting. I was actually kind of having some fun. I said, <laughs> I said, I want to ask you something. I said, we both came into town starting work in our respective churches about the same time, didn't we? He said, 
And I said, and you're, full of gla- you're a full glass of water and I'm a half a glass of water. And God can use you with power because of the spiritual gifting he gave you, but he can't use me with power because of the spiritual gifting he gave me. Well, yeah. I said, there's, I don't know how many there are now, but then there's 16 high schools in this city. All 16 Bible studies are led by kids out of our youth group. Our youth group is two, three times the size of yours. But we started the same size about the same time. I said, how come God apparently is using a half a glass of water. And he said, well, that's just because some people with a full glass of water don't always live their life the way they should be as a full glass of water. And in that case, a half a glass of water can accomplish more than a full glass of water. And I said, how could, how could that person, hypothetically speaking, be a full glass of water and then not living the way they should be? And then that was when the grand people said, well, this has been a great discussion, you know. <laughs> We remained friends the whole time I was there. We did stuff together with our youth groups. We would have kids that could tell you and probably what I'm talking about. What am I saying? I'm saying, God, when he says you're complete, do not let people sell you some baloney that unless you chase their gifts of choice, their thinking of choice, their church of choice, their pastor of choice, somehow you just can't make it for Jesus Christ. Baloney. What did Jesus say, John 14, 21? If you love me, what did he say? That's what he said. He didn't say you have to go to a particular church denomination because they're the only ones that know how to walk with God. As a member of the body of Christ, if I'm in a right relationship with him, I can have consistent victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Remember Ephesians 2? Christ is far above, sits far above all rule, power, and authority in this age or any age to come. Verse 6, you are now united with Christ, seated with him in the heavenlies. When I see challenges, I, I remember this so vividly. We were flying. I don't remember now what state I was flying, but going somewhere. And I saw a train, you know, real clear. And I could look down, and it looked like it was about this big. And I thought, that's a train. I grew up in Nebraska, right behind my house, the railroad tracks. Probably some people would have said that's a bad place to live, you know, with railroad tracks. I loved it. Don't they keep you awake? Nope. Once you knew when they were coming through, and you heard a way off. It just had to put me to help me to sleep. I mean, it was just something coming. My little brother and I had put rocks on the tracks. We would put pennies on the tracks. We would stand there, little guys like this. I mean, the thing shook the ground. Literally. Literally shook the ground. And you're going, boy, I hope that train doesn't come off those tracks, you know, kind of thing. But then they'd go by and then we'd get a rock or a penny or whatever it was. And go, man, this is cool. I thought to myself, same train. Do I view it through the eyes of Christ, seated in the heavenlies, far above all real power and authority? Because if we've been put underneath his feet, it's underneath mine because I belong to his body. Or am I facing this thing head on, just me against it? You choose to say it's me against it, you probably will get beat. You choose to say, I belong to Christ. Christ is creator. Christ is greater than any of his creation. Why should I run from the creation? I don't have to. Outside of Christ, you are alone and you are on your own. John 3.16, everybody reads the good part. 17 and 18, if you don't believe on Christ, you're going to be judged. Verse 36 says, believe on Jesus, you have eternal life. If you don't, the wrath of God will abide upon you forever. It isn't, that's not in 1 John 5. Remember 12, he who has the Son, What? has life. He who doesn't have the son, what? Doesn't take a Phi Beta Kappa to go, no, we don't. God isn't on a bell curve. It's like either you have the son or you don't have the son. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm nicer than some of the people in that church. Great. But God done great on a bell curve. I'm saying in Christ, I'm not on my own. Outside of Christ, I am on my own. Never give up. As Christians, we gave our life to Christ to do as he would choose. He always knows what's best. And I had eight of these, and I'm only talking about three because i got to quit. But let me give you one verse when I say that. Never give up. I get lots of people that are suicidal. Just the work I do. I lots. I, I wish it wasn't true. And most of them professing Christians. This, there's no point to go on. It's not going to change. I failed God so many times. I failed whoever so many times. Uh, the Bible says, you know, to be absent the body is to be present with God. So, you know, my... My friends will probably be mad at me, but I just can't take it. Thank you, Eeyore. I'm not unsympathetic. 
But I am saying that's wrong thinking. But I've asked this. I say, if I loaned you my coat, what kind of care would you take care of that coat? Well, I take real good care of it. Why? Because it's yours, not mine. I don't want to be disrespectful. Who gave you your body at your conversion? What's Galatians 2.20 say? Anybody remember it? I've been crucified with Christ. So I'm dead. But actually, I'm still alive. Because I'm now alive in Christ. See, I gave all the rights of Carl to Christ when I became a Christian. God, you can do anything you want to do with me. How come he has one Christian role in engraving? He has another. Think of two prophets, Jeremiah. Oh, I do not want to be the prophet Jeremiah. Anything wrong that could happen seems like it happened to him. I'd rather be Isaiah. That cat was born with a silver spoon. You know, he gets to be with the kings. and the. They're both in Hebrews 11. They're both in the Hall of Fame. Both of them were faithful, but I'll guarantee you read their lives and you say, I'd rather be like that one than this one. That cat would seem like he was getting beat up. Must have been out of the will of God. No. Well, that's not fair. What's fair when you gave your life to Christ? He's got the rights to your life. He can do whatever he wants. Are you a thief? He said you'd take care of my coat because you wouldn't be disrespectful, but you put your body through hell. You don't think that's disrespectful to the one who loved you enough to die for you? Well, I'll just help him by taking myself out. I go, he doesn't need your help. What he needs you to do is not quit. What he needs you to do is be a trophy instead of a statistic. What he needs you to do is say, God's bigger than the world, the flesh, the devil, and my circumstances. So guess what? I'm not running. He can take you home whenever he's done with you. But until he takes you home, your job is to live for Christ, not make excuses. Father, I pray you'd use this to your glory through Jesus Christ. Amen.